I just knew that if I didn't make this jump and take this chance, and my gut was just telling me I had to, that I would never do it and I would be miserable, you know, at, a, at an amazing place doing amazing things, but I wasn't fulfilling my full vision and passion. And so I just did it and I had to listen to that intuition and not look back. Hi, this is What's Next podcast with you, Mindy Francis. Jennifer Justice is an entrepreneur and former entertainment executive known for her expertise in building artist careers and business portfolios by marrying art and commerce. From the beginning of her career, JJ, as she is known, has championed gender equality and diversity in the workplace and beyond. As executive vice president of strategic marketing and business development and general counsel at Rock Nation, she helped structure the vision and growth of Rock Nation. She served as Jay-Z's personal entertainment attorney for a total of 17 years, as well as Beyonce's personal attorney while at Rock Nation. In 2019, JJ founded the Justice Department, a business strategy and business development company, as well as a law firm that works with female entrepreneurs, executives, talent, brands, and creatives to build and maximize their value, focusing in the areas of consumer product, tech, finance, media, entertainment, and fashion. What's next podcast? Please welcome the incomparable Jennifer Justice to the podcast. Thank Hi, you. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. So JJ. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So excited for 2024 and excited to be sitting here with you. Very busy woman. So happy to be on your schedule. Thank you. <laughs> so JJ, you've had a stellar career, as I just mentioned. You're one of the world's leading entertainment attorneys. How did you get started? Um, I literally got started because I didn't know what else to do. And I'm not kidding. My mom didn't even graduate from high school. And, you know, my whole extended family, no one went on to higher education at all. And I, but I, I wanted something different for myself. I did really well in school. I wanted to go to college. So, you know, I grew up in Washington state having meager means, you know what I mean? It was easier to go in-state, so I went to University of Washington. During that time, the grunge years had exploded. And, you know, Seattle in particular at that time was very small. It wasn't, didn't have like all the Starbucks people and the Microsoft people and the Boeing people. While those companies were there and starting, it wasn't, they weren't global phenomenon yet. And um, I would go out to these bars and meet the people in the grunge bands, you know what I mean? I'd go see music and, and they were like, oh, you know, and you know, I'd, I've been, I'd finished undergrad and I didn't know what to do next. You know, all I did was look at TV because I didn't have any mentors. And I was like, oh, I'll be a lawyer or a doctor. And what did you, know? you study in undergrad? Or spy, you know, poly sci. Poly sci. Yeah. You <laughs> right. know? So I was like, and so then I, I'm like, well, wh- what should I do? Maybe I'll be a lawyer. And so I went, I applied to law school and got into Cornell and, you know, I'd met these guys in bands and they're like, you know, we have attorneys and they're women. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a music attorney. So it's like that, that saying when ignorance is bliss is folly to be wise. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I went to Cornell law school, um, literally to be an entertainment attorney. Amazing. Yeah. And it worked out. Well, it worked out. I mean, I got a job offer because I went to Cornell you know, it's a very highly respected school and people recruit from there. And I got a job as a big, in a big Wall Street firm as a litigator. And the guy who hired me said, uh, you know, right before I started said, I have good news and bad news. Bad news is I'm leaving. So I won't be here when you start. And, but the good news is, um, I know that you want to be an entertainment lawyer. And so just come here and work for a year. And when you're ready, 
I'm going to be, I'm, I'm leaving to go to Electra Records. So Amazing. I'll help you get a job. And that's what he did. And so about a year in, you know, he called me and said, look, there's a, there's a company, there's a law firm that's looking to hire. And, you know, they want an associate like you who's, you know, who works like a ton. Cause when you're in a big Wall Street firm, you're working like if you leave at 10, you're like at PM, you're like, Oh, that's half day. Amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, they interviewed me and it was a, this company called, uh, Codico Carol Guido and Groffman. It was like four, you know, attorneys that were banding together. And that's, you know, I, I interviewed there. They were telling me all about their litany of artists that they had. And they said, and we have this really young, Hip hop artist named Jay Z, and I was like, "Oh, Reasonable Doubt's my favorite album." And they're like, "Wait, what? How do you even know who he is?" <laughs> yeah, and that's that was my next question, but you just answered it, yeah, and that's how that began. That's how so it began. you developed a relationship, I assume, with Jay Z through the law firm that you yeah. worked, yeah, at, yeah, and because you were so amazing, you ended up in house. So what happened is, you know, after a period of time, I because of my connections to a lot of different bands and. You know, my love of music, it's like everyone has an art form they gravitate toward. And like, you know, when you really have no money, it's like music's the most ubiquitous, right? It's like right. art is too, seems, you know, unrelatable and not achievable, you know, so you don't really like get that. So it's like art, like music is was my escape from my upbringing and everything that, you know, all, all the issues that everyone has growing up. And so I, you know, formed really close bonds with a lot of the musicians, but I, you know, those who can't do, you know, are music attorneys. Like, so I wasn't going to write songs or, you know, get in front of a mic, but I really wanted to be a part of the music industry. And so I decided, you know, being a music lawyer would be great. And it was, you know, got the job, but it, I, I really found, a true calling in it because I really understood where they're coming from. I mean, most of the artists that I worked with have the same background as me, you know, not higher education. Their families don't have higher education. Um, it's really generalization, but for the most part, that's what I was saying. You know, I didn't grow up with my father really around until later in my life. Like, you know, all of these things that I could relate to. And so the intimidation of having a lawyer in this business kind of sense yeah. to be like, wait a minute, I'm all of a sudden this hot thing. And I'm a creative, but now I'm supposed to understand business too, right. which is really paralyzing for creatives. So when I talk about marrying art and commerce and really understanding what their needs were, and so I could really relate to these artists. And so I had no problem getting um, clients and the Jay-Z had just gotten there. And so, you know, hip hop is a really more complicated area of law when it comes to entertainment law because there's so many samples used and different producers and the artists and the songwriters. I would assume also uncharted territory, yeah, no so, precedence. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of that. And um, so, and Jay is, uh, is such an entrepreneur that it was like really amazing kind of partnership to get to like know him and understand who he was and what he really wanted and because he was like the first really big artist, like he, he, he wasn't as big at the time when I started, like right. wasn't well known. I started right before, um, Hard Knock Life came okay. out. And so that really like put him on the map and just had so many ideas. And I thought, but this is what every artist does. You right. Know what I mean? <laughs> Start a clothing line and then, you know, an alcohol line and their own sports and entertainment company. So that's how it started. And it just grew from there. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, for every everyone listening is not in the entertainment space yeah. or an attorney. And I have a lot of friends who are entertainment attorneys and I can sense the relationship that 
those attorneys have with the talent they represent. Why is that relationship so integral? What are you um, commandeering and, and, and walking them through? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mostly about thinking about who the whole team is that surrounds an artist. There's, you know, if they have a record label, it's the record label and they put out the records. You know, if they're a songwriter, they usually have a publishing deal and that's who puts out their songs. But their personal team, right? They usually have a manager, but the manager doesn't have to necessarily go to business school, right? It's, it could be a momager, friendager, dadager, best, you know what I mean? Especially in the early yeah, stages. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, it's just somebody who's going to hustle on your behalf, but they don't necessarily understand the business or the songwriting aspects, et cetera. But they, they know how to like get your, your music and talent hurt, right? Right. And then you have. They feel the vision. Exactly. And then you have an attorney, um, who handles all that, all, obviously all the agreements. But really when you're the one who knows all the business terms, you're the one negotiating all the business terms for all of their the deals. Yeah. All their deals, all their endeavors, et cetera. Then you have a business manager who handles all their finances. And then you have an agent, but the agent, unlike film and TV, the agent books their live shows. Right. Um, and very rarely they, I mean, they don't deal with the record labels really at all or the songwriting at all. And then sometimes there's a crossover with publishing and sometimes there's a crossover with overall business deals, but it depends on the artist. And Jay never had an agent. Right. And, and so it really fell on me and my team, um, and the partners at the firm at the time to like, really build all of that business for him. So it's a really small team. It was basically me, another partner named Michael Guido, and um a manager. And that was it. Extreme business manager. Right. Exactly. More and, than and, just and, and for the, like the first like eleven, twelve years until we until he started Rock Nation. Right. So right. that was the team. Right. So as I mentioned in the intro, you were responsible for helping structure the growth and vision of Jay-Z's Rock Nation for nearly two decades. You know, elaborate on the part you played in helping to launch and develop, you know, one of the industry's most prominent entertainment companies. Yeah. So Rock Nation actually started in 2008 and really got going in 2010. And that's, I started the beginning of 2010. So we did the deal when I was like independent law firm to start Rock Nation. And then, you know, once it got going, I went in house. So it's only really been around. I mean, I was only there for five, like five and a half years. think it was total six years maybe but all told with jay for 17 but when the rock nation we're like okay well how can we fast track the growth of this company you know instead of just building it from scratch 2010 was not that long ago no it's not that long ago (laughs) yeah but it was um really about thinking about who we could partner with that would hyper grow the company and bring them in as like in joint ventures like things mm-hmm. that we did not have core that, that others had core competencies in, but were related to everything we were doing. So one of the first deals was 360 Group and they were a um, management company as well, but really handled more EDM. We had Calvin Harris and Dead Mouse, et cetera. And so, you know, through that partnership, it, you know, came We Found Love with Rihanna and right. Calvin, you know? So it's like thinking of people like that. It's like, oh, who do we use all the time? Like a touring production company. Let's bring one of those in or do a lot of B-roll of video shoots or behind the scenes stuff that we want to use in social media, et cetera. And then bring somebody like that in. And then the, the sports, et cetera. So, you know, I was just part of a very small team ideating about all the different ways that we could grow and hyper grow much faster than just doing it from scratch, you know, right. hiring somebody and being like, okay, now we want to do some EDM stuff. It's like instead bringing in the company that's already doing it. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Hypergrow is not a term that I use. I also, I always use scale at speed, but I like that yeah. hypergrow because yeah. I, yeah, you, you're looking for the right partnerships that'll yeah. help you hypergrow. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> so needless to say, your tenure at Rock Nation, you were at the zygus of working with cultural phenomenon such as Jay-Z. What was it like working with him for 17 years? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty, much of what you see, like he's a visionary. He, um, was never scared to say no, which That's is important. very important. And whenever somebody's like, Oh, we don't do it like that, then we were definitely doing it, you know, <laughs> and uh, it just taught me to be more bold and, you know, and it's like not accept mediocrity and not, you know, and really appreciate loyalty and understand that like, he, there's really no limits if you really put your mind to it's and how you want to, you know, what you, what you want to be in, in the whole community. It's like, and he was just really amazing like that. He, you know, he was not, he never really wavered. He really knew what he wanted, you know, no ceiling on his visions. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. really great when you have the team around you to help you yeah. execute. Yeah. It's all about the team. Yeah. So then you left. Why? And and how did you know it was time? Well, I had had kids by myself. Um, they were two and a half at the time. You know, like I said, I'd been with him all told for 17 years, helped build Rock Nation, really knew and understand what my strengths and weaknesses were. And then I, you know, and I was really passionate about gender equality. And, you know, I really was like, okay, like I'm building somebody else's vision and it was amazing and I learned a lot. But ultimately, you know, if I would looked back in 10 years from then, like what would I have regretted? And it was not, you know, growing my own vision and really like working toward, um, you know, gender equality and, and, and looking at my, my kids who are, you know, boy, girl twins and looking at my daughter and not saying that I had done everything I could to make the world better for her and business, uh, just as it was my son. So it just, it was just like something, an intuition that kicked in that said, you know what? I've done all I could do here. It was great. They've been amazing, more than amazing to me, especially around the time I had my kids. I had a total like postpartum depression issue. You know, it was like, all these things. And I was like, but you know what? It's time to take all of this. You know, it's like yeah. breaking up with your therapist, you know, right. it's, like, it's time for me to take all these learnings and go apply them in another way. And right. so in the meantime, I wanted to kind of break out of being known just in the music industry and just known as an attorney. So I did a, um, um, a gig at Superfly, which is great. They own music festivals. They started Bonnaroo and Outside Lands and I became the uh, president there doing all their corporate development, helping them grow and scale, which is good because it got me out of the mind frame of, you know, a place I'd been in 17 years, working with other people, proving that I didn't, you know, I could do it outside because you have all these imposter syndrome situations. You know what I mean? It's like, or do people like me because I'm only working with Jay and Beyonce and Rihanna? Right. Or do they actually believe that I'm any good? You know what I mean? And I had to kind of prove that to myself. Valid point. So I did that for three years and then I started the Justice Department. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to get back to the Justice Department. But the last five minutes, you said so many interesting things. <laughs> I mean, I know we were just, I know your kids are 10 now, yeah. which is awesome. And what bravery it took to take, you know, to 
leave such a solid career, have two kids on your own and then venture out into something mm-hmm. else. And I just want you to share a bit about the psyche that goes into that. Cause I, I know over the years you've, you've dropped jewels about this and inspired people. Yeah. Um, you know, postpartum depression, the kids are two and a half, you leave. What's going through your mind? What can you share for anyone that feels like they're at, you know, they they have this, it's amazing. They want more. I mean, just looking at you is enough. (laughs) Well, at the same time, it's like, if I don't take the chance, it's never going to happen. If I don't jump now, right? And everybody's like, oh, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. It's like, there's no worse time then when your kids are two and a half years old, <laughs> they're just starting to get expensive. They're going to school and I have, you know, no family money. It's only me. And I live in Tribeca and need a full-time nanny right. to be like, I'm going to quit my job. Like, you know, if you can't, if you, if you don't do it when, when it's, you know, not the right time, like what time is there to do it? You know? And so I was, I just knew that if I didn't make this jump and take this chance, and my gut was just telling me I had to, that I would never do it. And I would be miserable, you know, at, a, at an amazing place doing amazing things. But I wasn't fulfilling my full vision and passion. And so I just did it. And I had to listen to that intuition and not look back. You know what I mean? And look, the other thing is you have to think of what's the worst that can happen. Right. I can always go back and get a job. I can even go back and say, look, I was really wrong. Do you have anything for me at the old, you know, the place I was? Um, but you have to like, let go of those limiting beliefs and look at all of your experience up to that period of time and know that, you know, if you took that leap of faith to go and build something, you know, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work and you're back where you were. Right. But what if it works? Right. <laughs> like everyone always thinks of the worst case scenario. What about the best case scenario? You know, what if it works? And if you, Really know and think about your true strengths and what you can achieve and focus on those and work toward building those in whatever your new endeavor is, then you're not really going to go wrong. It's kind of a very calculated risk. Right. You know. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. So in 2019, you founded the Justice Department. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your incredible company, such a fan. And your various entrepreneurial ventures. I want to hear all about it. So as I was, I was just talking about like really a hyper focusing on what your strengths are. Right. And I thought about like, I really, really care about gender equality. I didn't, you know, it was not being highlighted enough. I wasn't really understanding why women and men were being so treated so differently. And. I also know that I can only change what I can change, right? I can't change, you know, thousands of years of history and tradition and et cetera overnight, right? But I can show women what they're worth and I can make them see that they are worth a lot more than what they're being offered and the ways that we as women and a gender like hurt ourselves in these situations quite honestly, because we come about it honestly, you know? Um, and so how could I take everything that I learned to date and my skill set, which was really about strategy and business development way more so than legal. Like, you know, it's, it's like, I actually hire lawyers more than I do my own stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, strategy, business development, network, et cetera, to help women really see 
um, what their true worth is and what they're leaving on the table. Um, and so that's how the Justice Department was born to really, you know, partner with women, you know, to, you know, make sure they're getting everything that they deserve, whether that is through an employment executive agreement that they are doing in a C-suite and helping them negotiate all the business terms, because that's something that we do, that lawyers do, that you should hire if you're a C-suite or SVP and above, you should be hiring somebody to negotiate these terms for you. Okay. Everyone that calls me for this, here is JJ. I, I yeah. can, <laughs> everyone yeah. who calls me for this, call JJ now. That's it's my like, referral. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you know, they like, they've done one deal and like, oh, you know, I'm just not happy. And I'm not making that much money. It's like, okay, well, who negotiated the last deal? No one. Okay. It's a 15 page agreement. Do you know what everything says? No. Then why would you sign this? Right. You know, because so what, what, what they have to understand is the company, like, how are they going to trust that you're going to defend the company if you can't re- represent yourself? You know, so I do a lot of executive agreements. I do a lot of severance agreements for when women unfortunately get fired because you can get more money than what is pre-negotiated or if there's nothing negotiated, you, you know, you, you can get more. Um, that's a small segment of what I do, but I also represent talent and help them, you know, hyper speed and hyper grow. I use the word hyper a lot because you pointed it out now. <laughs> It, no, it's a yeah. it's a good um, good one. Yeah, but you know, get more um, and maximize the benefits of any kind of agreements that they get. You know, you shouldn't begin negotiating for yourself. I mean, the creatives in particular are paralyzed by business for the most part. So why would you be negotiating this? So I help them negotiate it and close all of those deals. Then I work with a lot of, and the majority of the time what I do is work with a lot of female-founded companies, and I have founded a few companies myself, and I help them grow and scale using business strategy, business development tools, you know, look at their statement of work, anything that I can do. If that is introducing them to the right kind of people so they can either partner or, you know, celebrity partners that join the company, um, sponsors that come in, um, you know, the right kind of network around them, the right kind of individual investors, you know, right female investors and help them grow and scale from a, like I said, a business strategy point of view. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. A lot like what you do. Yes. However, <laughs> you're doing it from the marketing, like, you know, branding Product development side. side branding and side. I'm yeah. doing it from the business side. And yeah. so many people focus on that side without getting the other side, right? right? It's like, it's like, you know, you, when you build a house, it's like, you can't just put concrete on half of it. Right. Like you need that legal, the business strategy. You need all of that underpinning. You need the right company. You know, you need the right people around it. You need the right formations. You need the right, you know, legal documents around and it. And lots of attorneys. Uh, trademarks, <laughs> you know, all that stuff yeah. is so important. But mm-hmm. people will jump to like, oh, I'm doing the branding. And it's like, okay, that's great. Did you trademark the name? What do I right. need to? It's like, you just spent how much money on packaging and you don't even even know if the name is okay to put on the packaging. Right. Well, we advise on all of that too because yeah. it's just integral. Yeah. That, yeah. So there's crossover in yeah, that, which is there's great. There's overlap, but, but it's not a such lot. value. Yeah. yeah. Such value. So many professionals reach a point in their career where they desire to pivot or have to pivot. What advice would you tell someone at this crossroad today? You know, I think take the time to like really listen to your gut and figure out what it is that A, you're good at. And B, that you want to do with what you're good at. And then, you know, hopefully all of that has a passion and a purpose behind it. Because once you can put that behind it, a passion and a purpose that 
it just propels everything. You know what I mean? Right. And more so, even when I started five years ago, people weren't really talking about it. And so much has happened since then, since yeah. 2019, that it's really, and, and every generation since Gen Z and my kids' generation, Gen Alpha, can't even imagine just working to work. I mean, right. maybe for a few years, but ultimately, if you're working for passion and purpose, and there's mission and vision all behind it, and you can put that down in a couple of sentences and know what you want to do, and then combine your real talents and experience behind it, you know, that's, that's really what you have to do. You have to sit with yourself and, and get real with what you can really do. Because I mean, look, changing an entire career, like, you know, I want to go to med school. Okay. I think we all know what goes into doing all that right. kind of stuff, but figuring out with what everything you've learned to date, you know, it takes a little time, but once it, it connects, you just, I can't even explain it. It's just like, obviously, you right. know what I mean? Obviously, this is what I can do, right? You know, amazing, amazing. So let's take a step back and discuss some of your many accolades and accomplishments. Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> You've been featured on the Today Show, Tamron Hall, CNBC, Yahoo, and you're a regular contributor on NBC News. You're the host of the fast-growing podcast, Taking Care Lady Business. You've been named a game changer by Goop. InStyle named you as one of the 50 badass women changing the world. And you've been on Billboard's Woman in Power list three times. And, and I'm just naming a few because I could ramble on a little bit more. Needless to say, you might know a thing or two about building one's own personal brand. What can you share with professionals tuning in today about this? Let's not forget on Umindy's What's Next podcast, okay? <laughs> I mean, what's funny about building a personal brand is it's not something I did intentionally. It seems very organic for you. It was very organic because I was saying things that were resonating and I was asking the questions really honestly about why women were not equal. And, and you know, it just became this whole thing where it's like, JJ's a fierce champion of women. She's a fierce champion of women. It's like, why aren't we all fierce champions, right? It's mostly because we have this kind of imposter syndrome or we have an insecurity about it or we've always been the only woman in the room and we don't, we want to stay that only woman in the room. We'd like more women there. But, you know, if you, you know, talk about it, then, you know, you might rock the boat and stuff like right. that. And, you know, and I get all of that and I'm super empathetic with all of that stuff. So I'm the one who'll rock the boat for you, you know, and somebody's got to do it. Well, eventually, you know, more and more uh, as we've seen are, are doing it. And it's not just me, which is amazing, you know, and I love that, every, you know, everyone is slowly coming to this, the table on here because it's necessary and it's necessary for many reasons. It's necessary to make the world a better place. It's necessary you know, to build the economy, if you want to think about it financially, if you want to be, think about it socially, it's obvious that men and women are equal. You know what I mean? All the different reasons about it. So it wasn't really something that I thought, oh, okay, let me build this brand. Right. And when I think about it, that's when I actually get paralyzed. You know what I mean? So for me, it was like staying true to that purpose and vision and mission. Like it's obvious that we're equal. So in definition of feminism is that men and women are equal. That's it. Right. Like it's become such a dirty word. It's I like, know, but that's it's it. so crazy. And you're like, but that's really the definition. Right. There's a radical feminism. That's a different thing. But being a feminist literally means that men and women are equal. That's what right. you think. Right. So if you think that your daughter is not as good as your son, then you're not a feminist. Right. You know, 
But if you do think that they're just as good, if not better, then you're a feminist, you know? (laughs) And who better than a mom of a boy and a girl that are twins? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the personal branding thing, you know, to me, and now that I have to think about it more, I just know that back to the mission and vision and purpose and all, you know, my passion, it's like, that is so true to who I am. And it's never really, it's never going to waver. It's what I've dedicated the rest of my life to that it comes very easily, right. you know, and I, but I think it's also really true across the board. And that if you're trying to do something that's not authentic to who you are, it it's pretty obvious. Yeah. It comes across in social media, it comes across like, and you'll be called out, you know, if you're not living that true life in your day to day versus in your, you know, public persona, right? it, it becomes obvious. Yeah. And so, you know, building your brand is really about like thinking who you really are and being okay to be vulnerable about the whole thing. You know, it's like vulnerability is key. Yeah. 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 Everyone up there on a platform speaking isn't always like waking up in the morning brave and ready to do it. Oh my There's God. Some- no, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I have imposter syndrome all the time and I'm like, I'm worse at negotiating for myself. You know what I mean? It's like I That's need somebody to, to negotiate for me. Yeah. I have to step. I mean, we all know that Beyonce has a Sasha fierce, you know, and right. when I, when I, and if she has to, you know, and if she's feeling it, like, but when I got the job, when Jay-Z offered me the job to come in Rock Nation, I, he goes, now who am I going to hire as an attorney? And I was like, you, who am I going to hire? Right. And he was like, you're going to hire an attorney. And I was like, yeah. And any attorney that hires himself has a fool for a client, you know, because it's really, it's hard to, it's hard to represent yourself. So that's why I do what I do. It's like, don't represent yourself. Have, right. have me do it for you. And trust me, you won't even feel paying me because I'm going to get you so much more money that you won't, exactly. you won't feel it. That's the key, yeah. the key to the story, yeah. key to the story. Exactly. So going your mission, one of is, you know, gender equality. Like, what are you feeling about 2024? What's rubbing you the wrong way? I mean, there's so many things that we know. I, I don't want to use the term cliched, but we know what the gripes are. But like anything you want to share about that and how you're I feeling? I mean, I feel like we're tearing it all down to build it all back up. Good Lord. You know? <laughs> And well, at least to build back up, but build like, back up. Yeah. But it, but I think sometimes those ha- things have to happen to see just how raw and wrong the system is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, it's just all about equality. Like if we really just think about it, that we're all equal and who's in charge and causing the chaos. Like if you just put those things together, it's pretty obvious. You know what I mean? That we really need women who are 51% of the population to be 50% of the power that makes 50% of the decisions about everything that happens in our world. That's right. Well, at least we are seeing improvement in corporate boards, something happening. But if you're a woman and you find yourself in a workplace and you've just discovered or know um, that you aren't being paid equally Mm -hmm. and you're like a powerhouse in the place, like what's your next move? I think there's a few moves. I think, I think you call me and then (laughs) listen, that is the number one. People don't know where to go. Valid. (laughs) Call JJ. There's, you know, it's like barring, you know, actual claims, you know what I mean? For like lawsuit purposes, you know, you, and if, especially if your company is touted that they care about these issues, Mm. then, you know, they need to address it and, you, you, you know, you have to be real with it and say, and be ready to look at other places, right? And to go out there because, you know, at least in New York, 
like they can't, no one can ask you what you were making prior. So your title really matters in that situation. And so if you have a really big title and you're not making the money, you can go and make more money somewhere else, or you can start something yourself, you know, and it, you just have, you, you know, you have to make that step to, to call it out, you know, and there's ways to do it. And I, you know, I stare out of Bergerac people's emails all the time. You know what I mean? I help them figure out how to say things. We help figure out the strategy of getting to the next move. Um, but it's not, it's not, it's not even remotely acceptable anymore to, to pay women and men differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I hear things like, well, they never asked, I'm like, but you had the knowledge as a company. You had Boom. the knowledge as a company and you chose to ignore it. You know, like Salesforce, they do an audit constantly to make sure that men and women are being paid equally and, and, you know, within a range of entitles, like all companies should be doing this. Um, because I, you know, we know that ESG is a big thing, even publicly traded companies now. And there's, you know, certain numbers and parameters certain states have, have applied for boards, et cetera. So, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's out in the open now. It's not as like hidden, you know, it's like calling it out that you're not getting paid equally because it's completely unacceptable, yeah. you know, and I, I love there's been women in venture capital you know, companies who and like these guys were not paying me the same. They wanted me to sign in, uh, you know, a release and settlement and pay me off, but I'm not going to do it. Other times you do. I get it. Like some people, you know, want to, want to negotiate the settlement and, and just go away. Um, and others want to fight it, but you know, it should be called out. Right. And you have options. I'm so happy that our conversation has broached this topic because I wasn't always at this level in my career. And I remember very well the point when my friends started to get into the C-suite and I had friends who were there before me and it was just not knowing where to go, what to do, negotiating the contract. So all of this information I know is going to help somebody out there. Yeah. And listen to what JJ is saying because facts and she's definitely dropping jewels. So I know that the many women that you've helped over the years are truly grateful for your supporting counsel. Your work speaks for itself. So JJ, what advice would you give to someone listening that would like to follow the same career path as you? Well, first I would say, you know, and I I say this to everyone who's especially going into like music or entertainment, like make sure you are researching who everyone is and understanding what their roles are, you know? Half of what, what do you mean? The people you're working with or the team and their roles? There is a, in, well, like the team and their roles, like what, what everybody does, like in a role in, in music, et cetera. But also who the players are in entertainment music. Like who are they? What, what have they done? You know, what are their, their wins? What are their losses? Like, you know, make sure you really like understand that because to me, it's so obvious. It's like, I was really passionate about being a music attorney. So I was like looking up, you know, everybody's attorneys and like who the A&R was and who signed them, et cetera. So if you are really passionate about doing something like that, then make sure in your business, no matter what it is, that you're really like getting an in-depth understanding about the players in it and who they are, right? It makes it so much easier when you're entering into it. And it's very impressive when somebody is like you're hiring somebody and they uh, already have done their research and have knowledge. And right now it's so much easier. Even with chat GPT, it could be like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like no excuse, right? right? It was much harder when I was coming up. But, you know, if you 
And one of the reasons I say that is to reach out and network with a lot of these people. You know, whenever somebody reaches out to me on LinkedIn and, you know, if they, none, I won't necessarily catch it on the first time, but like if they have the courage to come and say like, can you have, do you have 15 minutes? I will take the call, you know, and, and reach out and try to get as much information as possible to understand where you could fit, what kind of, you know, what your strengths are, what you could improve on, things that you could bring to the table, you know? And then, you know, ultimately it's, again, it's about, you know, following your passion and really understanding where you would fit into all of these things. So, you know, it's not always easy and understand there's ups and downs. So like having a career path like mine, it's like I've made these pivots, but they were very intentional in understanding like calculated risks on what I, what I, you know, where I could go and where I could actually financially, you know, get rewards because, I need to make money. I want to make money. I'm all unapologetic. I want to make women rich. I want to be rich. You know, I like, it's all about growth and that mindset, but you know, in a career path, like you have to do the work yourself, right? And you're going to, you're going to have a bunch of different interviews and you're not going to get it, but one you will, you're going to get one. But the more, you know, the more you prepared yourself, the more you are going to capture the attention of the people that are going to hire you. So. Great sound, great sound, solid advice. (laughs) So 2024 is here and many of us have kicked into high gear in terms of working on our individual professions. What are some things that you and your team plan to accomplish this year that you care to share? Uh What are your goals? Well, mine are more, mine like, you know, it's like always a word that I, you know, and mine this year is gross. You know, it's like, this will be our fifth year. So it's like, congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, you launch and you grow, but then you like get really good and like really deep in depth. But now it's like more growth. And, you know, back to the brand, it's like the podcast has its hundredth episode. I'm doing the next, starting the next 10 and really maximizing those. You know, we, our viewer, our, our subscriber base, like, really grew exponentially in this last year. Right. Um, and then um, I'm going to do an online course to teach young women how to negotiate their first deals in Amazing. the workplace as well as a book. So I don't know if they're all come out in 2024 because that's a lot, including my day-to-day job. Um, but those are some major goals. And, uh, you know, I guess we're going to hold me to it if this is coming out. <laughs> That's that's my issue with resolutions because it's like, oh, I made the resolution yeah. to have to do it. But, you know, we'll hold you to it and be there to support you and Thank cheer you, you. on the way. So the music industry has changed dramatically over the years. Any advice to new entertainment lawyers that just passed their bar exams that are ready to dive deep into the entertainment legal workforce? I mean, I think a lot of, you know, what I said earlier about, you know, people want my career path, you know, for entertainment attorneys, it's really doing the same. It's like, looking up who these people are, right. who they're representing, understanding that, um, you know, every different kind of genre is a different kind. It's a little bit of different kind of legal, you know, how much it grows. You know, hip hop tends to have a lot more legal intensity because there's a lot more copyright and um, those kinds of angles, but also tends to build more businesses around themselves. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. a lot more entrepreneurial for the most part, which was great where it's like, you don't really see that as much in country or jazz or, you know what I yeah. mean? It's yeah. like, or rock, you know, they're not building, you know, companies that much. Um, but, and so, you know, it's, it's a really fun and exciting time, I think, 
in the music industry. It's, um, you know, there's a way not everybody's going to a record label. You know, social media is democratized the entry point of a lot of different music. So, you know, I think it's really about finding that right team and partnership um, in entertainment and in the law firms, et cetera, that you want to be a part of, you know, right. What kind of like cause a lot of law firms have a certain genres of music that they represent. Excellent. I, yeah. I, of course, of course. Yeah. But your, your skill set now and your expertise is so far ranging. Yeah. Of course, you know, music entertainment, but you hover over so many yeah. categories and I've had conversations with you about so many different spaces where you have very deep tenured expertise. You have a great newsletter as well that everyone should look up and, and follow. What, what uh, categories are you excited about? Right now, um, I'm excited about all the different categories where women can excel. So women's health, you know, I'm part of this, an investor in a company called Cadence Health, which, um, released an emergency, you know, morning after pill, but it's for like $17. And we have partnerships with like 7 Eleven. So you, you know, you can get it anywhere in little drug stores. You can get it anywhere instead of having to live in a big city because there's, right. 23 million women who don't have access to emergency contraceptive, believe it or not, in the United States alone, there's 7,000 zip codes that don't have it in their actual zip codes. So that is being changed. Um, You know, anything where women touch, like it's really touching us and we're controlling it, like the menopause area, you know, where people are talking about more aging, where women are really the primary caregivers. You know, anything around all of those areas is really exciting to me. Um, you know, death tech, which is crazy to talk about, but it's death true. Tech. Yes. Where it's like, what, what is that? Well, it's like, you know, right now, my, unfortunately, a year ago, my father passed away and it's Sorry. like still so antiquated the way you have to go into an actual funeral home, write a check, take time off of work to go in and take care of all these details when we all live on a phone. Right. Right. So I'm a co-founder of a company called Ripple where it's like, you know, with a, she's a, my partner's a funeral director where we take it all online Amazing. and the women who are handling this and managing, you know, households, right. Are able to do everything online, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those kind of areas where it's like takes a, a workload out of women or just the emotional time and energy from women and makes things easier for us. Those are the things I'm excited about. That's great. That's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm seeing a, a, a not really a trend, but more awareness around investing in, I would say, for lack of a better term, boring categories. Yeah. People focus on these things, but death tech, you know, obviously there's a need for society. People are always going to die. And unfortunately, evolving the way those processes work are really interesting. Yeah. So is, so is what's your investment? strategy basically do are you making do you have an advisor when you're when you're moving forward with making these decisions in these categories or is it instinctual your network it's instinctually my network and knowing what i can bring to the table so knowing either i can bring other female investors you know or women who have a great amount of knowledge or experience as an advisory board around it help them raise money help them gain a hyper growth and experience by putting, you know, around a team that can just come in as consultants and help them grow. It's really like areas that I know that 
my expertise will come in handy in it, you know? Got it. Yeah. So what inspires you the most? I mean, my kids inspire me the most. They really do. It's like to be a better person, to push myself, to challenge myself. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're at the age they start to call me out of all my, uh, um, hypocrisy, you know, Jeez, that part. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, they're deadpan. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, when did you learn how to read and talk? Damn you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, JG, it's been so great having you, you here. You are Wonder Woman. I know it's a term that folks shy away from, but how can I not say that? Um, you. Your career has been remarkable. All the things that you have your hand in and your passion and commitment to so many great causes is so admirable. So I'm just such a fan and absolutely adore you. Thank Thanks you. for being here. How can folks follow you? So I'm on Instagram, of course at the justice.dept and at Jennifer Justice L. Um, we are on TikTok at Taken Care of Lady Business, Taken No G, Taken Care of Lady Business. The podcast Taken Care of Lady Business you can find on all the channels. And um, we have the website at the justicedept.com because the other Justice Department never bought it. Ah. <laughs> and there was a lawyer on the scene. Well, we will be following and tuning in and, and watching your journey and rooting you on. Thanks Thank for being you. here, JJ. Thank Happy you. Happy 2024, folks. Thank Bye. You. Bye. <laughs>